What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. This is what happens when we don't do this two times a week. We get rusty and terrible. And it's amateur hour. I think my mic... I I swear it keeps moving down. Anyways, um, thanks for tuning in on this Saturday. We appreciate, appreciate you guys tuning in. Brandon Stoll on the other side. I am Stephen Priest Jr., lot to get into today. Really, it's just going to be about an hour of me just complaining about the Denver Nuggets, which is pretty much every podcast. So we're going to do that. Um, we're going to talk about what is the type? Should Jamal? Yeah, should Jamal? Oh, the anger has already flooded back <laughs> just seeing that. Oh, okay, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Denver Broncos as well um clearing some cap space what could that mean are they clearing cap space for deshaun watson are they clearing cap space um to get more rookies to go alongside trevor lawrence when he falls eventually uh you know so many different options and we're going to discuss them all but first we're going to talk about the denver nuggets who have now gotten swept not only by the sacramento kings subpar team that will not make the playoffs but also the washington wizards subpar team that will not make the playoffs actually are the wizards in the playoffs right now because the east really does suck so i should be careful hold on let me see oh that's schedule they might be i know boston's out right now well you know what you know what makes me feel better at least about the nuggets sucking is that the team in boston also sucks so anytime a team from boston sucks that has expectations it makes me feel somewhat better um no yeah the wizards are 12 and 18 they're, they're so far out of it, it's not even funny. But the Nuggets got swept by them twice. Um, two games, two losses there. And obviously a lot of people will point to that last scenario. You get a stop. The game is, were they? Yeah, they were down two, obviously, at that point. Yeah. Um, you have a four-on-one. Four, a lot of people will say they had a three-on. No, they had four. If you go back and look, Jamal had the ball. Monte was step in step with him on the opposite wing. Mm-hmm. Faku was ahead of Monte and MPJ was in the corner. But before before we even get to that, because this is what made me angry in the first place, the possession before that, Michael Porter had an open corner three or wing three, which he passed up and he gave it up to Jamal, who Jamal was like, I, yes, I take shot. yeah, I love taking 35 foot fadeaway jump shots. Jamal's like, this is what I live for. So he was he was fine hoisting that up, and of course it missed. So I don't know if MPJ passed that up because he lacked the confidence, or I mean, I'm sure that was it. He just didn't have the confidence to shoot the basketball there, so he he passed it up. But anyways, you get to that four on one, and for none of those guys to flash to the basket, you're down two. One of you just has to flash the basket, and they had plenty of time. They had the ball. I think when it got to Jamal's hands with like five seconds. So, and even when he stopped on the wing, there were still three seconds. They swung it to Faku. Faku could have passed it to Michael Porter, and he had time to shoot it. None of those guys shoot it, or, well, none of those guys cut to the basket. They end up having Faku throw up a three, which was just completely off. As soon as it left his hand, it was just off. You could just tell uh, by the trajectory of which the ball was going. Uh, he barely, sca- you know, scathed front iron. And they end up losing 112 to 110. Yeah, that was irritating. But the whole time, I mean, they were they were playing with fire. They were down double digits multiple times in that game. Um, Jokic came out really good to start. Jamal actually had a really good game. I mean, he was 12 of 23, 6 of 11 from 3. I mean, he's continuing to play well. Um, but I thought Jokic was um, too quiet in the fourth. Uh, he really didn't do much. I thought he needed to do something. Jamal kind of hit a wall, and then outside of that, I mean, Michael Porter had 18. He was 7 of 13, 3 of 7 from 3, so he had a good game, but obviously he didn't take that one shot, but it's just, I just don't, at a certain point, and we've talked about this already on multiple podcasts, at a certain point, you got to start looking at the coaches for this, right? Because this team continuously, if it's not playing bad in third quarters, it's playing down to your competition. Like you can beat the Lakers and beat the Trailblazers and beat Utah and all these teams, but then you get swept by the Wizards, you get swept by Sacramento. 
And I don't I don't care what anybody says. Oh, they're injured. Oh, Jamal didn't play in one of those Sacramento games. No. The Nuggets have enough to beat the Wizards and the Sacramento Kings on a given night. Like there's there's just no excuse for that. And this team just continues to just meddle. They're 7 and 15. They're the eighth seed. Right now, if the playoffs started today, or well, if we would start the playoffs, get to that point, they would be the playing game against the Warriors. And I'm not sure they would even win that game, to be honest with you. It's just, I just, I just don't know how to feel about this. Well, I, I do know how to feel. I feel bad about this team. They're still a good, talented team, but this team just doesn't give me hope. I, I don't see how you can be optimistic about a deep playoff run with this team. I just don't understand. Well, I think I'll, I'll get to the final play in a second, but I, I think this this team, to be honest, I don't think the the roster that they the guys have played last was it last night? No, two nights ago uh, against Washington. I don't think that team is good enough to easily beat Washington. I don't. Uh, Will Barton shouldn't even be playing right now. I I don't I don't know how. He doesn't get moved for I I would pay him I would get I would do the Nolan Arenado deal just to get him out. Um, Monte is back a point guard. That's who he is. He shot two of eight. He's not a good shooter. Uh, Zeke Naji is a rookie. I, I don't you know I, seven points, two for two from the field, but only played fifteen minutes. 10 minutes for Kankar. I mean, I three points. Dude is usually the 15th guy on, on the team. Hartenstein, 10 minutes. Barely has been playing over the last couple months. And then Compaza, who I, honestly I don't think should be in the NBA. So that's that, that, that group is not good enough. They have three guys who should be starters playing right now. It's Nicola, Jamal, and MPJ. And they have one guy who is starting who should be the backup point guard in Monte Morris. None of the other guys realistically should be playing. I think Zeke Naji should get more minutes, but that's just me. But realistically, if this team is healthy and they have all their guys, he's not playing. So you have four actual rotation guys playing right now for this team. That's the problem. They don't have the depth to handle Gary Harris and Paul Millsap being out. They were able to do that a year ago. They had, they won a game in Milwaukee with seven guys. They had the depth to do that. They don't have that this that was, year. That was the Utah game, but uh, yeah, 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 Utah game. But then they beat Milwaukee shorthanded as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, so they don't, they they don't have, they don't have enough talent right now. And even if Gary's healthy, even if Paul Millsap is healthy, they're not good enough because those guys aren't good enough. Jokic is playing great this season. He's on a, I think he's on a little bit of a, uh, he's in a little bit of a slump right now. Jamal is figuring it out. And I mean, we can get back to the conversation that we were talking about, the two paths that he could take. It seems like it's going the one way that we didn't think it was but it might actually be the reality when i when we were talking about those who missed the last podcast for most of the season we were getting three or four different jamals right we were getting cable jamal uh direct tv jamal and then streaming jamal right and i i was trying to figure out because he's too talented to be that inconsistent. And so I, I look back at, I remember Nikola Jokic the last two, three years struggled to start out the season on a roll. Uh, come out of the gate playing well. And right around that 20 to 30 game mark, two months into the season, he'd figure things out and he would become the Jokic that we know and he'd carry that into the playoffs. And it reminded me of what Jamal was doing the first two months of the season. And those, you know, the podcast that we did a week ago, he had what, maybe four games in a row where it was good Jamal. It's and five, I was thinking like five games. Yeah. Yeah. Four or five games. And it was, so I brought it up 
And if it if and I said if it continues, this just might be the reality. He wasn't ready to play this year for obvious reasons. And so and and Jamal's 23. He just turned 24. Two years ago, Nikola Jokic, when he was doing this, where he would start off the first 20 games or two, two and a half months into the season, overweight, not ready to play, super inconsistent. He was 23 years old. He's Jamal's at the same point. And so I think I'm 50-50 on this because I still don't trust Jamal. I really, I really don't. And I'm not going to believe it in probably until the season ends. And if he's still playing like this going into the playoffs, then I'll actually believe it. But honestly, I, I think that that's the reality. I think he just wasn't ready to play this year. So you got Jamal, Nicola, and MPJ. They're all three, I think, are playing well enough to be a top four seed in the West. I think MPJ is starting to get things going. He's rebounding the ball well. He's shooting the ball okay, but good enough. He's a solid third guy. Jamal, for the most part, has been the number one guy these last two weeks. And then Jokic is exactly what he wants to do. 24, 11, and 7. So those three are playing great. Monte, I think, is a solid point guard, backup point guard. So he's playing his role in a starting lineup. Other than that, this team has nothing. So there needs to be massive, massive trades for this team at the deadline if they want to be a top six seed in the West. Because they're they're not even with the healthy roster, they're not they're not there. I I just Paul Paul Millsap needs to go. Will Barton needs to go. You might have to trade Gary Harris if you it, if you can get something, um, but I, I like his defense. I just—I mean, look at all the guys are who are out. I mean, it's it's your whole rotation other than four guys. Five of their nine-man rotation is out. Probably six of their top ten. So I, it's just this team. Too many injuries, and I hate blaming on injuries, but that's the reality of it. This team is not talented enough to go through missing five of their top nine players and win games. They don't have Malik Beasley. Yeah. They don't have Jeremy Grant. They don't have Mason Plumley or Torrey Craig or even Wancho to fill in when they, when they needed to. They don't have those. You threw in Rancho in there. <laughs> You're crazy. Well, well in those games where they were shorthanded against Utah, Milwaukee, he was there, he and was, he was, he was, yeah, he was there. He wasn't doing well, I think much. a few of those, he was there. I think a few of those games he played well, but at least he could give you. At least he's better than what Kankar is giving you. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's just a body. He's or or just... or, Comp- or Compazzo. Now, now, okay. now, now, here's the thing. Composite played does, great defense. He, he played great defense. He makes plays. He, he bothered Bradley Beal, but he was one for eight from the field, one for seven, didn't cut, had five points, and as great of a passer as everyone talks about he is, he had two assists, two. I, and by the way, he had, well, he had zero turnovers in the last game, but the game before that, he had three or four. I think you're tough on Faku, and I think it's because I liked Faku to start the year. I think just, <laughs> I just think you just pick on the guys that I like. No, but I, he he is a liability. He's very up and down. He makes no, listen. He made a timely play late in that game to mm-hmm. um, to save the ball and bounce it off of uh, what was it Robin yep. Lopez's leg. So he plays hard. He, he he plays hard. He he gives you the effort plays right. He's right. he's of that Patrick Beverly. Uh, you know, Matthew Dellavedova. He's like, but that that's not 32 player. minutes a game. No, that that's the problem. No, and and he's playing 32 minutes a game. By the way, I'll, real quick, I want to go to that last play because that play, in my opinion, is not on Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray did exactly what he should have done. Mm. Now, here's what here's here's now. I for those who say he should have went to the rim and just. Took a shot there. I understand it, but I'll, I'll argue with a couple things here. 
one, he's probably not going to make that shot with Bradley Beal guarding him. Two, he's not going to get a call with Bradley Beal guarding him. If you think Nikola, if 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 we're com- if we're complaining about Nikola Jokic not getting calls, how the hell do we expect Jamal Murray to get a call against Bradley Beal in the final two seconds of a game? That's not going to happen. So, if he attacks the rim right there with Bradley Beal on him and a defender, by the way, trailing, he's not going to get a good shot off. And more than likely, he's going to miss. And then we're going to be complaining, oh, why didn't he pass the ball to MPJ in the corner? That's, that's what would have happened. Here's what should have happened. Because Jamal did the right thing, and you watch the play, he's ready to lob it up to MPJ. You see his arm, his ball, the ball go up like he's going to pass the ball. And he pulls it back down because MPJ doesn't go to the rim. He fades to the corner. But it looked like he was going to go to the rim. And then he faded out. And I think he faded out because Composo was to the left of him. I think MPJ thought Composo was going to cut. So Jamal thought MPJ was going to cut. MPJ thought Composo was going to cut. Composo was out of the, was, wasn't quick enough to go there. And so he thought he was a trailing three. But Monte Morris was supposed to be the trailing three. So if, if, you're, if, I, were the, if I were a coach... And I showed a team that play, and you show all of them at, at half court, and Bradley Beal is the one back, right? What I have happen is Jamal pulls up like he did. I think MPJ should go to the corner like he did because he's a great shooter. He can hit the three if Jamal decides to go to the rim and kick out. So he's doing the right thing because he's ahead of the play. So he can go to the corner. Right next to him, to the left of him, is Compazzo who's not a good three-point shooter. The lane is wide open. He needs to be the cutter. And if he's seen MPJ uh, roll out to the corner, then Composo needs to be the cutter. And then Monte is the trailing three. So then Jamal has options. He can get the ball to Composo on the cut. He can either attack and, and kick it, either take the shot or kick it out to MPJ in the corner. Or if Bradley Beal... If he, if he pulls out and Bradley Beal takes away the cut and he doesn't want to shoot, then Monte is the trailing three instead of Composo. But that's what needed to happen. But Jamal was not at fault there because going to the rim wouldn't have done anything. He's not going to get a call and he's more than likely not going to make it. Well, the better play... I disagree with you here because I just watched the play multiple times. Um, Jamal, and I didn't know Hachimura got back that quick. But mm-hmm. it looked. I think Jamal thought about shooting it, but Hachimura was no, no, no. The way he brought close. up the ball, that was that was not a. I think shot. for a split second, that was well, not no. a, that was not but a head I, fake to shoot. That was a. That was like I'm gonna lob it over to MPJ. Well, I think for a split that, second because he squares to the basket and he thinks about it, but Bradley's after, in the air after he backed up. Right, but what um, I'm saying is before he backed up, or like right right before he squared up. What I'm saying is that first. Head fake or ball fake, that was a pass fake. That was, he was going to pass the ball. Then he pulled it back and he was going to shoot. Sure. But by then, Bradley Beal was already closing out and Hashimura was behind. But here's what I'm, I'm thinking could have happened because Bradley Beal is, he's committing so hard because he's thinking he's going to jump. If Jamal hezzies, he's past Bradley. Bradley's going to be in the air and he's going to have an, now I'm not blaming this on Jamal. Um, but I think he could have taken it to the basket. I, I'm, I, I put I more of this that. on the three guys on the wing. How none of them? I mean, I have it paused right here. Composo needs to cut. Mon- Monte's out of the play. Monte needs to be the trailing three. So Mon- Monte was supposed to be the trailing three. It, either MPJ or Composo needs to cut. Now, in my mind, I think MPJ is a better shooter, and he was ahead, so he should realistically probably go to the corner. But I think because he was so far ahead, it looks really bad that he didn't cut, and that's the problem. Yeah, and I mean, Jamal it's a simple and Jamal pass. was exp- and and Jamal said it. He was expecting MPJ to cut. Now Composo though, when Composo sees MPJ go out to the three, there's no reason why Composo should stop there and continue because now it's they're all in the same spot. They're all in the same spot in the same side, looking for spotting up for a three. So Jamal has it's it's just there's no way he could get the ball over to MPJ in the corner because Composo is 
pretty much in the way and Composite's the easier pass at that point. So I think that play, I it's either on MPJ or Composo. And I think if there was more time on the clock, I do think Composo goes to the rim. Like if that's a normal fast break with 10 minutes to go in a game or something in the first quarter, I think MPJ did the right thing. I think Composo would have cut because he, he would know he had time for sure. And then Monte's a trailing three. In most three-on-one or four-on-one fast breaks, that's pretty much how it is. One guy goes to the corner, one guy's a trailing three, one guy's yeah. obviously one, and then you got one cutter. Mike should have cut, though. But, but I, Mike, I, I, I agree. I, I don't think, think he did the right thing the at cutter. all. Because they no. had, it was a two-on, I mean, even if it's a two-on-one, he was like too Mike far is so ahead. far ahead that if right. he doesn't, so how I was taught in high school when you're going and you have that two on one, if they don't hit you, you clear to the other side to balance the floor. Right. Because he doesn't but, clear. But the if floor in, in so that there, there's not enough time to clear out onto the other side. Well, sure. But he still what I'm saying, though, is he should have cut. And then naturally it takes him to the opposite mm-hmm. corner. Right. But since he didn't, I, cut, I think he, he wanted to get to a corner. And I think he said it. He wanted to get to the corner to hit a three to end the game. Yeah, he wanted to. He wanted to. All, be all three, guy. all three, Composo, MPJ, and and Monte wanted to hit the three to win. Yeah, they wanted to play and the hero. Jamal, Jamal wasn't thinking about that, and I think here's here's what I will say, and I think this speaks to a lot of the chemistry issues that that there is with Jamal and MPJ, because if Nikola Jokic has the ball there, I guarantee you, all three of them cut. And I think that's the difference. I think when when you're so used to playing with someone like Jokic, who will you know will get you the ball if you do cut, Jamal, I think, while Jamal thought they were one of them was going to cut, I think they all three thought Jamal was taking the shot. And so you have a, a you have a chemistry issue, and and it's you know Composite is usually not out there in that late in late game scenarios, so. That chemistry is not there, obviously. MPJ and the Jamal chemistry is completely off, and it's been off for the last two years. And then Monte, I mean, Monte didn't do anything wrong. I mean, he was a trailing guy, so like he couldn't do anything. By the time he were to cut, it'd be too late. So in that scenario, though, in most games, two of those of those three guys aren't in the game. Monte and, and Composo. I mean So it's just I think that's what happens when you don't have chemistry, you have a lot of injuries, and your normal guys who are out there late in games aren't out there. And by the way, if Will Barton's playing better, he's in there instead of Composo. You think Will you think Will cuts there? Absolutely. Yeah, but he probably strolls to the basket like he did against Sacramento and gets his shot blocked, and then sure. the other way it's a buzzer beater. So I'm not even sure. I saw Matt Moore say that, and I'm not but, even But all I'm all I'm saying though is you had two guys out of those three that aren't used to being out there that late. And sure. MPJ is a is a Bambi who he he doesn't know it because we're also remember going into the season, this coaching staff is saying we want to take a lot of transition threes. You know, we want you to go to the corner, spot up, and that's in MPJ's mind. He that's his role. He doesn't have a his role is to spot up from three and rebound. And then cut when Nikola Jokic has the ball. So I think that's all that's going through in his head. He doesn't... I, I think it's more of... Maybe there's too many voices in MPJ's head to tell him he needs to be here and there and there. And he just blinked out and didn't realize that there was no one in the paint. Yeah, I mean... So it's just... I, it, it, it's, it's not being in those moments... And it's poorer communication. I'm not going to even chalk it up to chemistry. I mean, I get what you're saying. I think that's part of it. But I think the bigger part is just it's just not smart basketball. And the Nuggets, we've seen, they just don't make they don't they're not a smart basketball team. They have one of the smartest players in the game. But overall, as a team, they don't make good decisions uh, very often. Or at least 50-50, uh, they make I will bad say, decisions. But I will say, though, and, well, I mean, you look at the, the players out there, you got Nikola Jokic and Monte, and then I think Jamal, 
I would say Jamal is in that group of being being able to make the smart plays. But do you trust MPJ right now to make a smart play? Well, no. no, and I'll disagree. I don't think Jamal always makes the great not always or smart not, not play. always. There's no, he doesn't. Multiple he doesn't always. times in a games where he he just has lapses where he turns the right. ball over and makes bad decisions constantly. And right. I'm not saying I, that this one was on him, but I think it speaks this one volumes was not on that your best two decision makers probably on your team in Monte and Nicola they didn't have the ball. And so are we shocked that this was a result? No, I'm not. Again, I'm not blaming this one on Jamal. Um, but I just think this is just. He made the right play. Because yeah, I just he think this is just a microcosm of what this team is. They're just a, they're just not a smart basketball team. And it's just a microcosm of their season. They, Jamal, they find Jamal ways was, to beat themselves. Jamal for once had the mindset to make the right play instead of forcing a shot, which is surprising. And you don't expect that. And I think that's part of the reason why no one cut. Because I think everyone on that court expected Jamal to take the shot. And Jamal, for once in, you know, he 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 makes a, the smart play and the right play once in a while. And he chose that time to do so. And I, I don't think anyone really saw. I mean, did you think that he was going to pass that ball as that was no, happening? I, I, I mean, I thought he was going to shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I did too. I think everyone did. So I think that's part of the reason why no one cut. It's Jamal Murray. Like, but even then, he's taking that shot ninety percent of the nine out of ten times. There's nobody down there. So even if right. he were to miss, well, that's a putback. And that's why he didn't take the shot. That's the thing. That's why he didn't take the shot because it was such a smart play to pull back, make and make Bradley Beal choose. He made the right play because of because when he pulls back, Bradley Beal has two choices. He can close out like he did, or he can take the paint away. But if he takes the paint away, Jamal has a wide open shot. Boom, takes a shot, he probably hits the three. As how does he's been wide open like that? And as clutch as Jamal is, I think it's very likely he hits that shot. So Jamal made Bradley Beal make the choice for him. And in most situations, that's what you that's the smart thing to do. Force a defender to make a choice. Because either way, whichever choice he makes, you should have an easy play. You either have an easy three or a wide open layup dunk. Yeah, it should have been a layup. The game went should have went over. No one cut. No one cut. So it's not on Jamal Murray. I saw a lot of people blame that on Jamal. I even saw national, you know, first things first, Nick. Brandon Marshall, they all, uh, Antoine Walker, they all blame Jamal. It's not on Jamal Murray. And I get it. Jamal Murray has the name. He's supposed to, he's quote unquote, supposed to take that shot. But he made the right play. He made, LeBron James would have made that play. He would have, LeBron would have done the same exact thing. But it's LeBron James. So guys would have cut. Jokic would have made that same play. But it's Nikola Jokic. Guys would have cut. Because it was Jamal. I think people were. I, I think MPJ just thought, "Well, why am I going to cut? He's going to take the shot." It's just another growing pain with Michael Porter. Um, you know, he wanted to play hero, so did the other guys. That's on Compazzo too, because Compazzo, who's at the time one of seven from three or one of six from three, shouldn't even be thinking about being behind the three point line. Yeah, it was just it was bad on all levels. It was bad from everybody on on. That play, it was just bad basketball, and that was it. Um, but and regardless, they ended up losing that game. Um, the second half of the schedule came out, so there's a lot we still have to get to with the Nuggets here. The second half of the schedule came out. We could talk like about that. Back as well. Yeah, I, I just saw that too. So Dozier's gonna be. He missed 15 games, which I didn't know it was that many already. I didn't think he was gonna miss that many. That was a ton. Well, I mean, it was a hamstring, so I guess. I mean, they need him. Um, and then also Mike Singer of the Denver Post put out an article um, that the Nuggets should should start to consider making a move. And he listed five different players that he thinks would be a, an interesting target. So we could go over that. So where do you want to start? You want to start with the schedule? You want to start with? Um, we can look at the schedule and then we can get into the five player. I'm curious to see who what five players he put on there. But so the the, uh, the schedule, um, obviously they have Oklahoma City tonight, and we got four games until the All Star break. 
So the March 4th versus Indiana, that's going to be the last game before the All-Star break. And that was the schedule where the schedule ended, right? That yeah, Indiana I believe so. So, yeah, it's OKC, Chicago, Milwaukee, Indiana, which I mean, and I saw our guy should... Ryan Blackburn tweet about this. The Nuggets should go three and one in this trip, mm-hmm. bare minimum two and two. But with how they're playing, I wouldn't be shocked if they win one game. Well, I'll say this. Oklahoma City just got a big win yesterday. Uh, I believe they won, right? Was it or was it Chicago? I don't know. Uh, no, they won because Dort hit a was yeah. was that the one or no, that was yeah. that was I think the night before. I think they beat Atlanta, though. Yeah, they they beat Atlanta and then Chicago lost, I think, but we're up. I think Chicago has been playing well. Um, yeah, Chicago lost to Phoenix by nine, but Chicago was up. Uh, going, I believe, into the fourth, maybe. I don't know. The Suns had a big fourth quarter. But Chicago, they're 15 and 17. They've been playing pretty well. Zach Levine's been playing really well. Uh, Milwaukee's obviously great. Indiana, they just lost to Boston. Uh, so they should beat Oklahoma City. They should beat Chicago. Milwaukee's tough. I mean, that they should have beat Milwaukee here in Denver. <laughs> So yeah, but that Milwaukee game is a second of a back-to-back though too. Uh, yeah. And then that Indiana, the Indiana one, I think is a tough game just because I think Indiana is a good team. Uh, and with Denver, the way they're playing, that's a tough game. Uh, I think Denver fully healthy and playing well, they're way better than Indiana, but right now that's a tough game. So I would say they, I'm expecting two and two. If they go three and one, great. Try to avoid going one and three, but I think they go two and two. Yeah, they have to finish this um, these last few games on a high note. There's no way you can go into the All Star break, uh, you know, what would it be, eighteen and eighteen? You can't go into this All Star break five hundred. Yeah, I mean, at the bare minimum, you have to come at this thing one game up. Um, but again, like they could have lost the game. They probably should have lost the game to OKC here in Denver, uh, mm-hmm. which they squeaked out. Uh, Chicago, I don't think they've seen Chicago at all this season. Yeah. Um, but Zach Levine is having a great year. He's really emerged as a really great uh, player. So that's not one I'm willing to just shock up as a win, even though I think I would take Denver. But again, Milwaukee in Milwaukee, like you said, it's the second night of back to back. I'm just going to chalk that up as a loss. Indiana, I mean, Sabonis is playing really well. Uh, we don't know what the status of Lavert is. I don't know if he's going to play in that game. Brogdon's having a good year as well. So, I mean, that's to me, that's a that's a push. You know, I would be either way, 50-50 game. But you have to go into this at least 2-2, two 3-1, and two, three and one, going into the All-Star break, getting much-needed rest. Coming out of it, though, I really think that they... I'm not going to say it's an, a soft schedule, but I think it's, it's definitely a lighter schedule than probably what they had to start. Um, I mean, you get... Memphis, which I think is a winnable game. Dallas, who has also been up and down this year. Indiana, Charlotte, Chicago, New Orleans, Orlando, Toronto, New Orleans, Atlanta. Um, I mean, you're not playing a playoff team. Oh, I guess Indiana's a playoff team. Is is Indiana a playoff team? Yeah, right now they're the the eighth seed. Okay. But outside of that, well, I guess you get Toronto too. But I don't know. I don't don't think this stretch after the All-Star game... I mean, listen, Denver could lose any of these games, so I'll I'll say that. But I think I wouldn't be shocked if they get some guys back after the All-Star break and they go on a three, four-game run, five-game run. Um, Because, I mean, the the Philly game, that's going to be a tough one. Atlanta just always seems to play them tough with Trey Young, even those days when it was Josh Smith and freaking Joe Johnson. They just always seem to blow out the Nuggets. Uh, But then you've got the Clippers... So that's a back. Oh, that's not a back-to-back. Thank God. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm just looking it over right now. I don't think this is tough. You only get the Lakers once. You get the Clippers twice. You'll have Brooklyn one more time. Utah one more time. So the second half seems kind of light to me. Is that what you think? Or yeah, I think it's a bit lighter. Uh, but again, I mean this this team. To me, the schedule doesn't matter unless this team gets healthy and they start making some moves. Because, like I said, the the guys that they put out there last night, that's not good enough to beat a 500 team. It's not. Because because you're running Jamal Nikola Jokic into the ground. 
they're having to play 40 minutes a game. I mean, when Composito's playing 32 minutes, I mean, you, you have no shot. You have no shot. A- unless Jamal goes nuclear or Nikola Jokic has a 40-point 40, 40 triple-double or MPJ gets one of, you, one of those 30-plus-point games while Nikola Jokic and Jamal are giving you your normal averages, they're, they're not going to win. So, again, same with tonight against Oklahoma City. You get somewhat of a boost with P.J. Dozier back. So that'll help you a little bit. But he'll probably be on a minute restriction. So right, he'll I mean, be on a minute restriction. So not going to expect P.J. to light up the world. I mean, he's not like an all-world player. I mean, look at look at the wins starting back from... Uh, Against Oklahoma City, the last game, Nicole Jokic had 22, 13, and 9. Against LA, Jamal had 25. Nicole Jokic had 16 rebounds and 10 assists. Uh, against Boston, you lost, and Nicole Jokic had 43. Against Washington, you lost. Jamal had 35. You, you needed Jamal to put up 50 to beat Cleveland. Jamal had 30. Nicole Jokic had 10 and 6 as well. And they lost to Atlanta. To be Portland, you needed Jokic to hit, to, to make, to hit 41 points. And Jamal had, what, 20-something? 30? So you're needing your two best players to just essentially average 30, and maybe one of them hits a 40, 50-point game. That's what you need in order to win right now. And there's no way that's happening consistently. And, and you shouldn't expect that to happen consistently. So, I mean, that's... The problem is that this team, even he- even with them being healthy, they have a talent issue. They don't have the talent. They lost a lot. They lost too many guys. And while Jeremy Grant, I don't think fit with what the Nuggets were looking for, he would have given you that depth, right? I think he fit. It just wasn't a fit for him. <laughs> Not at the four. It, he was a fit for well, okay. <laughs> But I'm saying he fit a need that they had in terms of a guy who can play on the wing, be athletic, shoot threes consistently, D up. They needed that. He he wasn't a fit, or they the Nuggets and how they wanted to play him weren't a fit for him. He right. wanted to be more offensive, you know, driven and have more impact or say in the offense, and it's just not what. I don't know if maybe the Nuggets didn't think he could do that um, or if they just were really just so stuck in their way of Jamal and Nicola and MPJ, which I mean, can you blame them? I don't. But um, I think in and that's kind of a conversation I want to get to as well, because I'm seeing a lot of this too. Mike Singer, obviously our guy, Ryan Blackburn, too, has said this a lot. You and I have probably been critical, maybe a little too much. But I think most of our criticism has been has been fair of the Nuggets. How much has injuries really hurt this team? Because I think think even the most ever. Right. I I just think when they were healthy, were they like no one's no one's discounting that the Nuggets like no one's saying the Nuggets suck here. That's not the case. But if they were all healthy and they had all pieces available, no, I still not, don't no. think they're a top five seed or I still don't think they're a top three seed, top four seed. Maybe they're I mean, maybe ceiling four seed, five seed. Um, mm, I think they're right there with Phoenix at 21 and 11, uh, because if you if you really that's four games. So you you got to They look, the Nuggets have a lot of injuries. They have three starters, essentially. Out. I mean, I'm basically counting Will Barnes out because he's. He should be out. I mean, he's well, I mean, yeah, you've missed Gary for extended periods of time. Will's play, and he has missed games as well. Uh, Jamichael Green. And, and then Paul Millsap. So uh, Paul Millsap, Jamal Murray missed a couple games early. Yeah. Has MP, Did MPJ miss some? Well, MPJ missed MPJ, games with the yeah, COVID MPJ thing. Missed a ton of games. So do you think that they get four more wins if fully healthy all year? I'll yeah. say this. I don't think they get swept by either Sacramento or Washington. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they get four more wins. Come like, come on. They get four more wins. They 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 probably beat Washington last night. They beat Washington the game before where they lost by two. Uh they probably win one of those Sacramento games, so that's three. Honestly, they probably win that first Phoenix game too, because they had uh MPJ out 
and they lost by three. I mean, they lost in overtime to Dallas. You think they probably get that one? Or losing by five against Sacramento uh, back on February 6th? Probably. So they, they're probably right there. I, they're probably a four seed right there with Phoenix. Uh, pretty close with LA because LA is falling apart. So yeah, they're, they're right there. They're a top four team, talent, top four, top five team talent-wise, if fully healthy. Are they top three? Probably not. Um, so yeah, no, th- this team, look, Paul Millsap was a backup backup plan. Jamaica Green was a backup plan. And they ended up having to go with their backup and their backup backup. Uh, injuries. Will Barton is done. Gary Harris doesn't give you anything offensively. Well, and he just can't stay healthy. <laughs> like, and he can't stay like healthy. Are, are we are we finally at the point? Like I get like Gary's a fan favorite, but are we finally at the point? Like okay, we we really just have to to move on after this but, season. But, but you won't you won't get anything for him. No, so, but I'm, but at a certain point, like. Man, unless he's going to come off the bench and be your eighth, ninth guy or like the defensive guy on your bench unit, like I really enjoy Gary and everything he's done for the franchise. But man, it's just even when he does get it going, he gets hurt. And it's just it's not his fault, obviously. Like, it's that's just how it's going. It's just unfortunately how it goes for certain players. But it's just like, oh, my gosh, it just it sucks. But at a certain point, I think the Nuggets do need to move off of him. Well, yeah, I mean, I think they need to move off of essentially everyone. Do you remember when the last the last year LeBron was in Cleveland, and at the deadline they essentially traded the whole team, and it was you know a lot of jokes and you know it was, it was funny, but at the end of the day they had a talent issue and just guys weren't playing well, and so they decided to remake their roster in the middle of the season. And it worked. They got to the NBA Finals. I think the Denver Nuggets would be stupid to not do that. I if if I were Tim Connolly, the only three guys that are off the board is Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray, and MPJ. Everyone else, if you get the right value, should be gone. And I'm throwing Monte in there. If you get the right value, I would send Monte off too. Yeah, but what are you going to get for those guys? That's going to Put you uh, that, on that and, type and, of and, trajectory, I mean, though. You you got to hope that teams are, and I, I would also offer my, I I would give up, probably the my next two first round draft picks in the middle of all that too, because more than likely you're not gonna really get anything for those draft picks. It's not like Malone's gonna play them anyways. So, I I would I would go after guys who teams who are losing right now, aren't gonna make the playoffs. The Pelicans, they are looking to move Lonzo, uh, Drew Bledsoe, JJ Redick. Eric Bledsoe, not not exactly Drew Bledsoe. Sorry, Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> uh, Oklahoma City is probably looking to trade a couple of guys. Maybe even Houston, Sacramento might be. Uh, Cleveland's looking to move Andre Drummond. They're probably looking to move a couple other guys as well. So a lot of these teams, Washington, Atlanta. Uh, you know, a lot of these teams that are out of the playoff run that are probably looking to sell off a lot of guys. I'm I'm remaking this roster completely, and I'm building around the those three that you have, but getting rid of all the guys that have been here for the last five years, three to five years, that aren't giving you anything anymore. That's Will, Gary, Paul Millsap, possibly Monte if you get the right pieces for him. I'd offer up the two rookies. I'd try and avoid trading Zeke Naji. Um, but Bol Bol, you have another piece there that I'm sure a young team like Minnesota or Sacramento or Cleveland would like to give minutes to and see what he can do. And you remake the team. But that's what they have to do. If they're serious about finishing this season and making a run in the playoffs, at least having a chance. Because right now there's no chance of making a run in the playoffs with this team. Yeah, well, I think I think the ceiling is is the second round. Yeah, but I, look, I see honestly, I think the ceiling. I'm not even sure they get out of the first round anymore with this roster with with the guys that they have. Well, I mean, I'm assuming I think, health. 
And at that point, no, I, mean, I don't, I don't think, look, they're not going to, at this point, you're probably not going to get a top four seed. I don't think they beat Phoenix. I don't think they beat the Lakers. I don't think they beat the Clippers. I don't think they beat the Jazz in the first round. I'm, I'm thinking well, they, they'll finish are they really going to get, are they really going to get a top four seed this year? I think they'll if, finish if they five. keep, if, if they keep the roster the same, will they get a top four seed? They could get five. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they get to five. Um, and I think they'll end up okay, playing then, Phoenix then are or San Antonio. You beating, are you beating Phoenix? Are you beating the Lakers? Are you beating the Clippers? Are you beating Utah? Because right now, I would say no to all of those as this roster is constructed. Well, I mean, obviously, you're not going to beat any of the top three teams. Um, but if you get to five, you won't play those teams in the first round. If you get to five, you're going to play four. But you'll play, you'll play Phoenix. Yeah, I think they could beat Phoenix. I, I said not, this earlier, though. Not, when, not with this roster. Not well, they, could be, they, has, they could beat Phoenix. It would be a six or seven game series, but they could beat Phoenix just as easily as Phoenix. Like if you ask Phoenix fans, are they going to say now right now? Obviously, the answer would probably be different. They're riding the high right now, but I think no. I think, I think Phoenix shove, is getting it together. I, I think they're figuring it out. Uh, I mean, yes, I do think they're they're figuring things out. But if the Nuggets were able to get healthy, which I think they will be able to eventually, are um, we sure about that? Yeah, no, I, I think they will. I think, you know, if the Nuggets have at least most of their pieces available, yeah, I think that's a six or seven game series. And I, th- I could see it going either way. I'm not going to say Del- Denver's an overwhelming favorite, but I also don't feel like Phoenix is an overwhelming favorite over Denver. I would pay Phoenix. Not not overwhelmingly. I, I think it goes six or seven, but I don't think Denver wins. That's fair. I think the so, difference would have to be, you know, be Chris Paul. I think he'd be the biggest X factor, uh, X factor in the series. Honestly. Yeah, and I, I think Booker will his numbers will up too in the playoffs. Uh, I think he's proven that in the bubble, when it mattered, his numbers went way up. So, um, I, I just this this team they need to completely remake the roster. And if you can do it in the middle of the season, like Cleveland did it, we know it's possible. Cleveland did it. Now, were those pieces, and then did people make fun of them for? Oh, you're getting who and to replace that like it, it didn't really make sense like it, it didn't seem like it was that much of a better roster but it fit better and i think right now the the nuggets with this roster it doesn't fit with Nikola Jokic, jamal murray and mpj so if you remake the roster with guys who maybe are just as talented as who you have which isn't much so it doesn't seem like they're great trades. If they're the right fit, it's going to end up working. And, yeah, and look, have to more, more, than likely, more than likely, you're going to remake the team anyways in the offseason. So let's get started now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a natural segue. So we could just get to Mike Singer's article before we wrap up. I don't think we'll be able to get to any Broncos today. So that's fine. There's nothing crazy going on there. Um, so Mike Singer of the Denver, uh, Denver Post put out an article, I think, today. Yeah, today. Um, five players Denver should target ahead of March. The March trade deadline. And um, inter- I mean, it's an interesting list. Let's, there's nobody that's eye-popping here. I mean, maybe one. But at five, he has Jarrett Culver, um, so the small forward in Minnesota. He says the T-Wolves are going nowhere fast, and Culver may not have as big a role as he'd uh, want with the emergence of rookie Anthony Edwards. Or the leap of former Nugget Malik Beasley. Uh, at 22, Culver's still young with intriguing size on the wing and an area that the Nuggets sorely lack. Um, I think it was Culver the last time the Nuggets played Minnesota, who he had a really good game. I think he's a guy who can stretch the floor a little bit. Let me see if I can find that game. Uh, was it- I, I'll, I'll say this first. I, I don't think... Um- Jared Culver will be available just because of how young he is. Um, so, but I mean, like, like Singer's saying though, he has two players ahead of him. So I mean, if you're Minnesota and you can get something for him, yeah. But I mean, what, he had twenty. What do you? If you're Minnesota, what do you want from Denver? Well, that's the thing. I guess how much do you value Culver? I don't know how much they value this guy, but he had twenty against Denver in one game. He was eight of 13, one of four from three. And the next game, well, he only had four points. So, I mean, if they want, if they want RJ Hampton as a you know to fill in a point guard role uh, to see what he can do, a bowl bowl, then maybe. 
um, I guess Minnesota, it would make a little bit of sense. Just it, it, Minnesota, I think what you're trying to do, if you're trading Culver, you're trying to get another young guy around the same age as Culver, just at a different position, right? That That's probably what you're trying to do. Um, so I guess an RJ Hampton type of player or a Bol Bol or a Zeke Naji. But like I said, if I'm the Nuggets, I'm not giving up Zeke Naji. Yeah, I like Zeke. Um, a guy who can defend three positions easily, super athletic. He's got, man, he has a textbook shot. I mean, he doesn't bring it low. He's always in good, ready position to shoot. And he has a nice backspin on it. Like, he's, he just has a nice shot. Uh, yeah, he's Singer also said uh, the Pelicans guards, really just any of them. Uh, JJ Redick, he lists, even though JJ's, he's shooting a career low 36% this year, which I did not know. Um, I don't know if I'd want Eric Bledsoe, but Lonzo no. Ball, we, we are, we've already talked about Lonzo. I think that would be an, an intriguing fit. I really like that one. I think JJ would be fine. If there was like a package you could swing for both Lonzo and JJ, I don't know what that would take, but I think that would be an interesting haul for Denver. I think that's something I would definitely look into, at least Lonzo for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, then we got, you, know how, you know how I feel about Lonzo. I, I think I think he'd fit perfectly here. Yeah, I think he makes your your backcourt bigger. He gives Jamal a uh, a better, you know, he, he's Monte bigger. You know, he handles yeah. the ball when um, you're seeing it. I, am I, think, I am, am I right on this or not? I think I think Jamal Murray is a two. He's a well, two. He, he should play at the two well, and yeah, he plays yeah. great. When Monte is next to him, he's the modern day combo guard, but Jamal is more. He's a more, two guard he's more than two. one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Lonzo would give you everything. Monte, I think Monte's probably a little bit more polished shooter, um, specifically in the mid range than Lonzo is. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a major drop off from from Monte to Lonzo in terms of jump shooting ability. Um, then you have Demar Derozan, which is an interesting one. Uh, even though he's owed $27 million and he'll be a free agent in the summer. So that'd be kind of a one-year rental. I don't know if DeMar stays. Maybe he does. Um, yeah, but I think but that it, would be an interesting one. You would you would probably, to make the raw, to make the money work, you would need to say you give him Gary and another expiring contract and Paul Millsap. And then maybe a young piece. Well, and here's the thing why I don't think San Antonio would do it. They're in the playoff race. They're they're at five right now. Right. So it's not like you're getting the vibe from them that, you know, like with OKC before the year of, oh, we want to rebuild, you know, well, you're not getting that vibe. So why would they why would they trade them? I mean, I guess yeah, to avoid I think not they, the other thing, though, is nothing? saying if you're San Antonio, well. I you're not. Are you really seriously in this playoff thing? Like, are, can you really make a deep run? Probably not. DeMar DeRozan is probably going to leave. I, I know there was some issues where he wanted out at some point. So you might as well try and get something for him. If you can get sure. a young piece like a RJ Hampton or a Bull Bull, I, I'm, I'm just throwing out those two guys because that's really the only assets that Denver has other than the first round picks. Yeah, so if you, if you can use those assets to get DeMar DeRozan and let Paul Millsap and say a Will Barton or a Gary Harris go, I I think that's perfect. I just don't know. I I think you would have what Jamal would be at the one, Demar would be at the two, MPJ would be at the three, Green would be at the four, Jokic would be at the five. That's what you would go out and do. But I don't know if that. I don't think that puts the Nuggets over the top at all. No, but I mean, Demar Derozan is a really good player. So I mean, I think adding him. I mean, he's a small forward too. So I mean. He can play at the team. I mean, you could theoretically, I mean, you could start Monte still, Jamal, yeah, and keep MPJ at the four and throw Damar at the three, mm-hmm. which would Seems be Seems to be working. I, I think MPJ plays great yeah. at the four. The next one was Norman Powell, um, the shooting guard from Toronto. Eh, I mean, he is shooting 43% from three, but again, I just don't. It gives you a shooter. Maybe this is an upgrade over Gary, but I mean, does it do much in terms of like putting you over the top? No, no, when I talked about rebuilding the team and finding guys that maybe aren't necessarily better and more talented than the guys that you already have, but fit the fit your core better. 
So I think he fits this team better than, say, a Gary Harris or a Will Barton, right? He's a spot-up shooter at the two, uh, can play some pretty solid defense. Like, he's he's a 3-and-D two-guard, right? So that's what you, you know, that's probably what you would want if you're the Nuggets. Gary Harris yeah. doesn't fit this team anymore. Will Barton doesn't fit this team anymore because with Nikola Jokic, you need shooters and you need defense. And neither of those guys are, the, are that guy. So even though Norman Powell doesn't scream, oh, this guy puts you on the top, he's, he does fit the team better than what you have, yeah. which could ultimately put you over the top. That's a good point, and he does average seventeen point seven this year. That's a career high for him. So, yeah, it's an interesting piece to look at, especially if Toronto is looking to sell the farm. Because I mean, there's rumors that Kyle Lowry wants to go to Philadelphia, and you know, obviously Toronto's not doing well, even though they've kind of turned it around as of late. But not, he, not playing he, look, great. Norman Powell could be cheap. What it's sounding like, I mean, a first round pick. Do you really care about a future first? At well, I mean, this he's point? got a player option this year, so oh ten point eight player option this year. So I mean, that could be a yeah, but like I said, say too, but... say you trade him for, say you give up, you know, uh, Gary Harris or Will Barton and a future first or even a second. I mean, I I don't think that's a, if he were to leave. I don't think that's a big deal. Unless, I mean, unless he's you know plays out of his mind, and it's like a kind of a Jeremy Grant situation where like, damn, I, I wish he would have stayed. But what did the Nuggets give up for Jeremy Grant? It's not necessarily hurting. It sucks that he left, and it hurts that he left because of how well he's played. But as far as what you gave up to get him, I couldn't tell you what they gave up to get him. He no, was I think cheap. they gave up a first rounder, and I can't remember what else. Yeah, and I think who there was, was that first round pick, or who was that? Who was that player? Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I have no idea. Well, in the, so, in the NBA so, too. I mean, outside of the lottery, does anyone exactly? Anyone so, like that—that's all I'm saying is I don't think if you're giving up these pieces. And the guy leaves, do the pieces that you're giving up make you, will, will that make you say, man, I wish we would have kept those guys? Do you, are you going to wish you would have kept Paul Millsap or Gary Harris? Oh, no. Or Will Barton? No. Or a future first-round pick that's going to be the 28th, 27th, 26th overall pick? No. So, because well, with those guys, it just feels like it's a dead end. Like they've given you what they can, you've reached right. your ceiling with them, and there's just nothing more you can get right. from them. So the so. best thing you can do is go for these guys, even if they are a free agent this upcoming season, because it gives you the opportunity to show them what Denver is like, what your team is like, and if they enjoy playing with you and love their role, then they will stay, and that gives you an advantage over saying, well, we'll just wait till free agency and trying to recruit them because they don't know anything about your team. They don't have any ties to Denver. If Denver's a flyover city, what you need to do is bring them on and hope that they love the team and would want to stay. And it, it, you're giving up Gary Harris or Will Barton or Paul Millsap, fine. Yeah. And then the last one, he has this guy at one. I don't know if that means like his his number one option, but it's Terrence Ross, um, small forward out of Orlando, um, who apparently isn't scoring very consistently this year. Um, but he's one of those guys that he's like of that Jordan Clarkson, J.R. Smith mold to where if he gets going, he gets going. Oh, and if he's not going, he's not going. So this is a younger Will Barton. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I if I want that so i don't i I, I would stay away <laughs> yeah I'm, 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 I, I like i like all of the, of the other options better than terrence ross um i would go lonzo ball one i would go jared culver two i don't think that's possible um i would go norman powell three jj reddick four demar Derozan five terrence ross six eric Bledsoe seven out of all the players that were mentioned. The reason why I have DeMar DeRozan so much lower is because it's going to take you more to get him than the others, and I don't know if his production and how he plays fits on the team better than those guys. He's more talented, sure, but he doesn't shoot threes. He's a mid-range guy. He's a good defender. He's essentially Gary Harris, but more consistently offensively. 
So, and he would take more to get. I, I, I wouldn't, unless San Antonio wants just to get rid of him for cheap, which is not going to happen more than likely. Uh, I, I think DeMar DeRozan should be lower on that list, but I would say number one, Lonzo for sure. Um, Jared Culver is intriguing. Don't think you can get him. I like the Norman Powell move. I, I think Norman Powell, I think would really fit this team really well. I, I like that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but I agree with you. I think I think Lonzo would be my my first choice, and and then Andre Drummond. Yeah, I just again, I just don't think you're gonna get him. But again, some of these guys you can you can wait till the off season too. So you can always stand pat and see what happens there. But yeah. it's gonna be an interesting deadline. We got about a month before that, a little less than a month. Um, but the Nuggets have OKC tonight. Looks like the starters will be Monte, Jamal, MPJ, Will Barton. And Jokic, this is the last uh, home game before the All-Star break, before they go on a four-game road trip to finish things off before the All-Star break. So hopefully they can get on the right track tonight, get a win, and start a... This is the start, hopefully, of a four-game, five-game winning streak, if not at least a three-game winning streak. So we'll see how it goes. But for Brandon Stoll on the other side, I am Stephen Priest Jr. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. And we will catch you next weekend on the uh, Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Ha ha ha.